I don't know about real sermon. I think that um, what, a, what a great illustration. And, and the, the wonderful thing is, is that you saw it. Because I think a lot of times I probably would have walked right by and I wouldn't have ever seen anything. You know, but it takes an eye, which, you know, to further illustrate, you know, because you, you mentioned it, it's a, the, the secret that Paul mentions. You know, I mean, that's left a secret for those who don't notice. You know, but when we actually notice and when we take the time and when we actually see what God's doing, that's what's cool. That's when we get to really see some awesome. So thank you, Steve. That was just really, really a um, super cool illustration. Um, if you would, well, hang on to your Bibles. Um, we're going to pray here in just a second. Um, you know, I want to just thank the Lord for um, uh, His goodness and His grace. You know, um, we uh, what, about a month ago, I guess we went up to Maine and for part of our vacation, and um, uh, I, I emailed the campground that we were going to and and said, "Hey, you know, is it still okay to come up there with everything? Are you still open? Is there restrictions? Whatever?" He said. He said, you know, from Connecticut, there's no restrictions. You're, you're free to come. And I was like, that's awesome. Um, and I, I see that more and more. You know, Connecticut, we're, we're free to go someplace because um, the virus here is, has been, you know, we, we've squashed it quite a bit. And a lot of that, you know, we need to remain very, very thankful that it's prayer. I believe, you know, 100%, especially, you know, this area of Connecticut is is so very very minimal, and I know a lot of a lot of it's due to prayer. And we can we can say, um, uh, you know, everybody in Connecticut's done a really good job of of trying to stay apart, and 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 thank you for doing so, and continue to be diligent and vigilant in doing so. But more than anything, it's prayer. And so let's continue to be thankful as much as we do try to. Watch what we do and be careful and, and all that. And that's great. And I'm not saying, you know, that that's, we need to continue. But let's be thankful and continue to pray. Because um, it, it's not, as much as I think that we'll probably have turned a corner with the virus, uh, I really, I believe that. There's other things on the, on the road and we need to continue to pray. And continue to lift up, um, you know, lift up our area, lift up this state, lift up especially um, our family and um, just realize that we need to continue to be diligent and um, press in and watch for what God's what God's doing amen because he's doing a lot and he's going to continue to do a lot but let's um, let's all do our part um, especially being thankful and continuing in prayer as much as we do everything else let's let's have let the first and the the, the uh, greatest thing be the greatest thing. Amen. Well, let's pray together. Lord, thank you once again for your presence. Thank you for, Lord, thank you for your spirit. Lord, thank you that you didn't leave us alone, but that you sent another comforter like yourself to come and to be with us. Lord, I pray that you will um, come and speak through me this morning. Lord, I ask that you would um, open your word to us. Lord, speak to us. Lord, speak to each one of our hearts, not just 
a um, not just head knowledge, which I hope everyone gets a little bit of that this morning. That we we but more than anything, let us understand who you are more. Let us know more about you, and let it let that knowledge change our hearts and change our lives. Change the way we act, change the way we think about you, change the way we look at the world around us and the way we interact with people. Lord, um, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be in, in Joshua chapter number one, but I want to kind of set this up, and I'm really hoping that... Um, I may not be able to cover everything this morning because I've got a lot. Uh, but more than anything, I want to set this up. I want to I want to start looking at some things in Joshua, uh, but I want to try to give some um, some underpinnings, if you will. It's kind of like this, you know, a good author. Uh, I, I think about C.S. Lewis, and C.S. Lewis is a, a very good author. And most of you have probably read uh, uh, the. Um, language in the wardrobe and you you know remember that when you realize who aslan really is and what c.s lewis is doing you know with that that point in the story you go wow did he really just do that you know but he he, he he keeps you hanging for a while right and that's what the lord did because he's a great author as well he you know he wrote the book whether I and mean, he used many many uh human hands to do it but he wrote this, and he's an incredible author as well. And what he did is in the Old Testament is he kind of built everything up until it's almost kind of he waited to that one, you know, great important time where he said, okay, here's the secret. Here, here's, here's the plot twist. Here's what's really, here's what's really there. So I want to set up Joshua a bit for us this morning, and I ho- I'm hoping to really kind of open up the Old Testament for you and, and hopefully make it a little bit more interesting and, and applicable for each one of us. If it's not already, I'm hoping after today you're going to grasp hold of it and go, yes, that's me. I want you to be able to see yourself all the way through the Old Testament. If you would, um, let's start in, in 1 Corinthians 10. And I'm going to go ahead and have you uh, do a, so, a sword drill this morning and uh, let your fingers do the walking because I want you to see this. And I want you to get it into your heart, into your spirit, okay? 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says, Now these things, um, talking about, uh, let, me, let me go up here a little bit. Let me tell you what things they are. Um, I don't want, verse 1, I don't want you to be un, unaware, brethren, that our fathers, that is all the, the fathers of Israel, were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Look at verse 11 now. Now these things happened to them as an example. And they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. You see that? So everything that happened in the Old Testament is for our instruction. Right? Okay? And it's not just so that we can go back and learn history. 
What I want us to see is when, when God brought Jesus along, you know, the, he, you get to see that the shadow of Jesus was cast all the way through the Old Testament. All right? Uh, go to Romans 8, verse uh, 16 and 17. Acts, Romans. So go uh, left a few pages. Okay, Romans 8, verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also. Heirs of God. And, you know, just pause right there just a second and take that in. You know, think about what we talked about a, a couple weeks ago. You know, who Jesus is, what all he has. And think about that. Uh, anybody in here been an heir of anything? You've received something from somebody? When, when, you know, when they pass away, you, you receive something, they, they put you in their will, or they, they say, hey, I want you to have this. And you know, so we are heirs of God. Just think about that a second. I'm glad I'm a kid. And my, you know, my parents, I, you, know, I, I know, I, you know, what they have, God God forbid they, they pass away, you know, anytime soon at all, let them live forever, you know, but, but I know that I have an inheritance with my parents, right? Because I'm, I'm their kid, I'm their heir. And this says, we are heirs of God and fellow heirs or joint heirs with Christ. Now, you, we could spend a whole morning right there, but we're not going to. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Just take that in. We are heirs with Jesus. Everything that God has, he gives to his son and to us. Um, flip over to back to 1 Corinthians again. I'm taking you on a journey. I'm going to get you to learn your New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 21. So then let no one boast in men, for all things belong to you. Wait a second. Did I read that right? So then let no one boast in men, for all things belong to you. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world, or life or death or things present or things to come, all things belong to you, and you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. So what do we inherit? Everything. Anybody know that was in there? That's our inheritance. Um, let's go there. Um, psalm, flip over to the second psalm. Then we're going to go back. If you want to keep a finger in the New Testament, you can. But uh, we're going to go flip back there in just a moment. Psalm 2. This is one of my favorite uh, chapters in the entire Bible. Psalm 2. The second Psalm. Verse 7. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. By the way, does anybody know when that happened? I think we've mentioned this before. I want to get, I want to get us to get in our spirit. Because Paul defines it. Paul defines it. 
And Paul, Paul says that, that he was declared the Son of God with power at the resurrection. Okay, so, um, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Verse 8, ask of me and I will surely give the nations as your, what? Inheritance. And the very ends of the earth is your possession. Now, we just saw, um, okay, this is Jesus, right? Jesus gets the nations. And who else gets the nations? We do. We are co-heirs with Christ. So I wanted to get, I wanted to really start getting into our heart, into our spirit. This is our inheritance. The only way we don't get it is when we don't know it, don't believe it, and don't claim it. Right? If you don't know that you have an inheritance, then you won't go out. You, you'll it'll be, it'll be left somewhere. There's a whole there's a whole place. That, you know, states have a whole thing where people that, that have passed away and left stuff. And, you know, they have a whole huge fund where people have left money and stuff and people haven't claimed it. You cannot claim your inheritance because you don't know it or you just don't claim it. But this is our inheritance. Uh, flip back over to um, the book of Hebrews. All right, just so that oh, I want to give it a little bit of timing here. Hebrews back towards the end of the Old Testament. Hebrews chapter number 10. And just for this morning, the Hebrews will be included too. Hebrews 10. Okay, so I'm going to start in verse 11. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins, but he, that's Jesus, having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God. Okay, when did he sit down, sit down at the right hand of God? Right, resurrection. Waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. So you want to know when Jesus is going to come back? This is it. When all of his enemies are made a footstool. He's not going to get off his throne. He's going to stay right up there where he sat down until all the enemies are made a footstool. And he, when what, he's, what he's really doing, I think, is waiting for a generation that finally says, yes, that's mine, I'll take it. We'll get there in just a minute. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Yeah, we'll skip to the last one. All right, now, now flip, over to, flip over to Joshua. With, with this basis, okay, flip over to Joshua. Now, as, as you get there, see what, what, what I was just was trying to show you is what, what the Lord has done, and, and all that is because of things that have happened in the Old Testament, leading up to the time of Jesus. And when, when Jesus comes, all of a sudden, all the light is shown onto the Old Testament. And you can start to see a whole lot more. For example, watch this. Uh, starting in verse 1. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now stop right there. 
and, and you're saying, boy, if he does this, it's going to take a really, really long time to get through this chapter. But this is one of the most pregnant uh, phrases that you can imagine. Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses is the one that God called in the desert and spoke to in the burning bush. But now my, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses was the one that went to Pharaoh in Egypt and said, let my people go. But now Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses was the one that led all of Israel out of Egypt. But now Moses, my servant's dead. Moses was the one who got the covenant. Remember, he, God gave him the covenant, the, the, the tablets. And Moses mediated that covenant, that old covenant, with, uh, you know, with Moses. Moses was the mediator of the old covenant. You know, we have a mediator of a, of a new covenant, right? So Moses was the mediator of the old covenant. He was up on the mountain between God and the people. But now Moses, my servant's dead. He's the one that led him in the, in the wilderness. And when they needed food, you know, Moses was the one that struck the rock or they wanted meat. So Moses asked God and they gave him quail. But now Moses, my servant, is dead. They walked around the wilderness for 40 years. They, they, you know, they, Moses led them in and led them out. Moses met with God when they couldn't. But now Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses had led them up to the very precipice, the very um, entrance into the promised land. But now Moses, my servant, is dead. But there's an heir. An heir named Joshua. Which, if you look in the Greek, the heir is named Jesus. Now, why, why is that important? I, uh, years, ago, years ago, I had uh, someone come and ask me, and I think they actually wanted a different answer. But they said, why was Moses not able to take the Israelites into the promised land? They had their own little answer and they're going on in their head. And, and, um, and I said, you know, number one, Moses did sin, but I said this. I said, ultimately, the law couldn't inherit the promise. God needed a Joshua to inherit the promise. God needed a Jesus to take them into the land because the law couldn't do it. The law couldn't take them into the promise. And Moses was the great um, the great symbol of the law in the Old Testament. And this entire thing was to bring it up to a point to say, the law can't inherit the promise. It takes Joshua. Meaning, Joshua, Joshua's name means God is my salvation. It takes a Jesus to take us into the promise. And what you see starting to unfold here I'm going to show you more a little in a little bit. I'm hoping that I have the uh, same type of effect that that um, you know a good author would. But as you start to see this unfold, you know we'll see what God is doing and setting this up for us. Remember, I just I just told you um, the land is our inheritance, right? The world is our inheritance. Well. They're about to go into the promised land. What their promise is, for us it's the world. For them it's a little spot over there in Palestine. 
Let's read on. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all his people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. And for us, the land is what? The nations, the world, right? Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make uh, your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the midst of the camp, command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you are to cross this Jordan to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. To the Reubenites, to the Gadites, to the half-tribe of Manasseh, uh, Joshua said, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord God gives you rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan, but you shall cross before your brothers in the battle array, all your valiant warriors, and, and shall help them. Remember that the, um, the, there was a couple, like two and a half tribes, right, that stayed on the other side of the Jordan, right? They said, hey, this land is really pretty good. You know, I, I, I kind of like it. There's good land for, for, for cattle and for all the animals, and we kind of like it over here. Can we stay here? And Moses said, yeah, you can stay as long as you go in with your brothers and fight um, for the other land first. It's okay. So they, they built up the cities a little bit, and then they crossed with... Um, with the rest of the, the valiant men of Israel to go in and to possess the promised land. Okay, that's what, that's what Joshua was talking about here. Uh, do, 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 do. Until the Lord gives your brothers rest as he gives you, and they also possess the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall re- return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. They answered Joshua saying, All that you've commanded us we'll do. And wherever you send us, we'll go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words, and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Now, has anyone in here seen the the movie Pollyanna? (laughs) And he's like, I think so. Let's see. I don't remember anything about it. I, I'll, I'll let you in on a little. I there's there's a uh, there's a a preacher in Pollyanna. I don't know if you remember him giving a sermon. When I was in 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 preaching class, um, we were taught to uh, 
to basically boil your sermon down to one really, really good point. My, my preaching instructor said, you know, you want, you want it to have a, a bullet rather than buckshot. You know, <laughs> he said, you know, and he said, get it down to one something really, really good. If you, if you look at Pollyanna, this preacher, I, I, if I ever had a preaching class, I would show this in my pre, in, into my students. Because uh, if you remember, he goes through and, and says, death comes unexpectedly. Do you remember that? And he repeats it about 20 times. Death comes unexpectedly. And he goes on a little bit more. He says, death comes unexpectedly. Right? Well, that's kind of what you see here. Be strong and courageous. Right? Only be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. But be strong and courageous. Right? If you miss the point, you've missed something. Okay, it's, it's pretty easy to see what the point of this whole passage is. But let me, let me, can I nuance it just a little bit? Because, you know, we tend to look at those words, be strong and courageous, and it's actually repeated, uh, I say repeated, it was, it was given before in Deuteronomy when, when God tells Moses, um, I want you to put your hands on Joshua and send him out. Um, he says, he tells Moses, make sure and tell him to be strong and courageous. And we kind of think, well, Maybe, uh, maybe Joshua wasn't very strong or courageous. Maybe he was weak and, you know, insignificant. And I, I honestly, I don't think that's it at all, to be very honest. Joshua, if there's anybody who knew God like Moses knew God, it was Joshua. If you remember, Joshua was the one who went up on the mountain when Moses got the Ten Commandments. Joshua was right there with him. There was a, a tent before the, the tabernacle was erected. There was a, like a tent of meeting where God's um, visible presence would come and it would rest in there. And Moses would go in there and he would come out, you know, and oftentimes his face would glow because he's in the presence of God. Well, Joshua stayed there. Joshua stayed in the presence of the Lord. Remember when, when the Israelites went out and fought under Moses, remember the story of, of Moses and he had to hold his hands up and he, his hands would get tired and so... Um, uh, her and who's the other guy? Aaron. Well, Aaron, thank you. Aaron and her, you know, put a rock up there for him and left, held, you know, propped his hands up because every time his hands were up, the the Israelites would win. When they fell down, the other side would right. Remember that story? Joshua was the one who was leading the Israelites in battle. Joshua, I, I, it doesn't say this in there. I could be totally off. But I tend to think Joshua was a pretty valiant person anyway. Let me nuance it just slightly. These words can also be translated, be powerful and victorious. Be powerful and victorious. And I think why it's just in there one right after the other is because the heir, the one who went... When Moses, meaning when the Old Testament, the Old Covenant died, not just Moses, but the entire Old Covenant, when it, when it, when it gets laid in the dust, the air was going to be powerful and victorious. Is there anyone more powerful and victorious than Jesus? He came on the scene in power like nobody had ever seen. And he was absolutely victorious in the mission that he had.
Now, a lot of people scratched their heads when he died. They thought he was going to come and he was going to you know, kick the Romans out. But his mission was to come and to die and make another way. And then let us be all heirs. Right? And he was absolutely powerful and absolutely victorious. And I believe that's what this, this whole setup is. Be powerful and victorious. And how Joshua is supposed to do that, well, there's actually a few ways. But it says that he will, God will be with him. Right? Several times it's, I will be with you. Let's, um, let's, look, let's look at these. Because what I want us to do, as we, because here's where I believe we are. How do I say this? Really kind of prophetically, I believe where we are as, as not just as a church, but as the church really kind of in the United States, okay, is that I, I believe we've been, been, we've been going around the mountain for a very long time. We've been stuck in the wilderness, and God keeps going, okay, is there going to be a generation that actually believes this stuff enough to go in? I think, you know, it's like we keep sitting in spies, and they keep going, ah, it's just too big, it's too much. The world's in too big of a mess, there's no way we can do it. Right? And they get sent in some more spies, and they keep going, there's just too much for us to do. I don't think, there's, I don't think we can. And I think God is waiting for a generation that will finally say, I don't care how big it is. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care about the giants. My God will do it. And I believe that we're sitting right there. And God's saying, okay, are you going to be the generation that actually says, yes, I'll go in. Yes, I'll take it. Yes, I'll believe it. Yes, I'll, 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 I, will, I will claim that inheritance and we'll make it our own. In order to do that, what, what you see first, and this is more of a mindset shift, but it's also it's a way that we need to be powerful and victorious. And notice verse 3, it says, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. Everywhere where your feet goes. I got pretty big feet. <laughs> Everywhere where my, these feet go, God's given it. Now, what that's saying is, you know what? My feet go different places than yours go. And they should. But the sphere of influence that God has given to you, he's given to you as an inheritance. So whether that is workplace. I know that there's, there's some people who have state jobs. Boy, what a great inheritance. I get to go to, uh, to a state office building and claim that for the kingdom of God. Whether that's state jobs, farms, families, jobs, school, you know, right over here at the town offices, the library, you know, wherever your feet Go, God has given to you as an inheritance. Wow. 
there's two things there I'm trying to, trying to get into your heart. Number one, some mind sh- mindset shift that instead of, instead of going in and, and kind of doing one of these things, you know, we, we, tend to, we tend to go, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us, right? Anybody, anybody quote that verse when, when the enemy is coming against you? The gates of hell shall not prevail. Has anyone had a gate chase them? Come on. Gates are meant to keep people out. Right? Not to come after you. Gates are a defensive weapon. They keep people from coming in. No, the gates of hell shall not prevail against I'm going to go and I'm going to knock down the gate. I'm going to take the land. I'm going to take the city. I'm going to take whatever the devil has stolen and I'm going to reclaim it. Why? Because that's our inheritance and he's stolen it from us. The only way he gets to keep it is if we don't claim it. So it's a mindset shift that we need to start realizing everywhere we go, that's our territory. We can, we can pray with authority over those, those places. I know some, some people, it's going to be going to foreign lands. You're going to go. You're going to go someplace. We've got a, a missionary friend in Mali. He's the first convert of his tribe. Very first one. His tribe has never had a written language, so he's making it written language and putting the Bible into it. And, and the, the government's coming to him saying, really, this is a written language for us? Can you teach everybody how to read in our language? And, w- and would you use the Bible to do it? And by, by the way, they're Muslim. <laughs> right? And anyway, I know some people are going to go to foreign soil. And then they may end up going and over and spending time over there in uh, a, a place just like that. But a lot of people, you just need to realize where it is you go and say, I am going to pray for this place. I'm going to give the gospel in this place. I'm going to claim it for the kingdom of God. And I'm going to see it change. And as we do that, what, what happens? More and more places we go shift and switch over to the kingdom. that only comes by being with Jesus. That's just actually the next thing. That God will be with us. Um, verse 5, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fill you or forsake you. Now I want to spend a, a, a couple of minutes here. You know, this is, this is so it's not our might. It's not our power that does any of it. Now, we need a mindset shift, and we need to do things. We need to share the gospel. We need to be a light. I know that, um, you know, sometimes it says, you know, uh, share the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words, right? But sometimes we need to use words. We need to use our actions. Everything we can use, we need to. But the biggest thing is being in his presence, when, when Joshua, and we're going to see this as we go through uh, the book, when Joshua and the children of Israel went in, God fought for them supernaturally. It was kind of funny. Um, uh, Steve, you mentioned, he said, can, can somebody turn the sun out? Can, can, can you make it dark? And I thought, we, Joshua had the sun stand still, <laughs> right? He, I was like, well, we can could, we could make it stand still for a while, <laughs> keep it light. I don't know about making it dark. 
But, you know, that was one of the things that, that happened is God, God fought for the people. He made the sun stand still for 24 hours. He rained down hailstones. He made the, um, the walls of Jericho fall flat. God is the one that made it happen. And God, when we, when we stay in his presence, God will be the one that will make it happen for us. But let me really encourage you with this. This is, this is something the Lord's been speaking to me a lot just recently is about being in his presence. I want to encourage you. Being in his presence is not just about prayer. It is about prayer. You need to be praying. But it's getting to a point that you are in the presence of the Lord. How many, how many of you all are weary? Tired? Well, I'm, I'm exhausted. In, in Acts chapter 3, it says times of refreshing will come from what? The presence of the Lord. And I've just been, I've been, I've been meditating on that, saying, okay, Lord, I need some refreshing, so let me get in your presence. I need refreshing. If I'm, if I'm tired and weary, I must not be in his presence enough. Let me, get, let me find that way to get into your presence so that I can have those times of refreshing. So it, to get into his presence, yet it takes time. It takes, it, takes, it takes prayer. It takes time. It takes examining your heart and your life, making sure, number one, you've got you to make sure that you're right with the Lord. So if you have any unconfessed sin, get, get rid of it. You know, tell, talk to the Lord about it. Confess it to him. You know, make, make sure you're right. Make sure that you're not, you know, um, even in the Lord's prayer, right there at the end, end of the Lord's prayer, um, you need to make sure that you have forgiven anybody that needs that, you know, because it, it, it says if you don't forgive, God's not going to hear your prayer. Sorry, that's in there. I can't not <laughs> say it. You know, it's like, ouch. But it says if, if God does, if you don't forgive, God's not going to hear you. So you need to make sure a that you have forgiven and and that or that you are forgiven. You know, not just, and we know that we're forgiven through Jesus. Make sure, hey, Lord, if there's anything that I've done to offend you, let me get it right with you right now. And I want to make sure that, you know, if I have anything against somebody, I'm forgiving them. I know a lot of times, you know, I've, I've been praying and it'd be like there's a block. I can't hear, I can't feel, I can't. And so I started going, okay, Lord, what is it? You know, is there somebody I need to forgive? Is there something I need to ask for forgiveness for? And then... So I'll, I'll find out what that is and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get it right. Oh, Lord, forgive me for X, Y, and Z. Or Lord, yeah, they, I, yeah I, I've been holding that against them. Lord, I, I forgive them and I release them to you. And all of a sudden, God's presence will start to come. And sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it'll take days. I'm not saying days like you, you're praying for days on end, but you'll, you'll spend maybe an hour one day and you're going... Well, I felt a little bit, but not much. So you spend another hour the next day, like, well, there's a little bit more. And as you, because you, it's like, it's like you kind of have to get all the junk of the world off you. And God starts kind of working all that junk off. And then you get to a point where the, you get more into his presence and more and more and more. And it's easier and quicker that you get there. And so I'm saying that just to encourage you to say, this is one of the most important things that we can do is be a people that practice the presence of God. If you want to have 
victory, wherever it is that you're going, you know, victory for in, in your personal life or vic- victory in business or victory in seeing the kingdom of God, get in his presence. Let him fight for you. Because he'll win the battle. Now, you, he, may, he may tell you to go in and to draw your sword, but then he'll win the battle for you. And he'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. But we've got to make sure that we are a people that are practicing the presence of God. Let me go on. I'm kind of running out of time. I told you it might happen. We have to obey his commands. Um, Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. I've already kind of covered this a little bit, so I'm not going to belabor. But, you know, the law, and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that we're not under the law anymore, under the Old Testament, Old Covenant law. I don't know about you. I love barbecue. I am a barbecue nut. And, when, you know, I, I love to cook pork. Pork shoulder, pork ribs, it just, you know, there's nothing like it. And so I'm grateful that I can do that. I'm grateful that I can have uh, a cheeseburger, okay? I'm grateful for not being under the law. But that doesn't mean we don't have any law, right? We're under the law of Jesus. We're under the law of Christ, which says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? It's the law of love. It's we're taking care of one another. We're loving the Lord first and foremost, and we're loving each other, right? And, and it's not easy a lot of times, but it's, we, we're following his law. We're looking at his commands, and we're following after him. It's not in a legalistic way because the letter of the law kills, but Jesus came to, came to give life. But we also need to realize we do need to listen to what Jesus has to say. And we need to follow it. Kind of getting back to the presence, practicing his presence. It's listening to him, making sure we're following him, making sure that we're, we're operating in what he's fed, said for us to do. Because if we are, then we can go into that presence. And that's where everything will change. I'm telling you, it will, it will change your life. And it will change the world around us. Lastly, um, <clears throat> look at verse 16. Uh, they answered Joshua saying, all that you have commanded us we will do. Wherever you send us we will go. Just as we, as, as we obeyed Moses and all things that we will obey you. Only may the Lord be with you. So he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words and all that you command him shall be put to death, only be strong and courageous. Do you realize that the command for, that, that salvation is a command? When you look through it in the, in the New Testament, it's, salvation is a command. That you must be saved. Right? Now, those who do not obey that command will die. 
I'm not saying that we, we command people by the sword, be saved or die, right? That's not what I'm saying, okay? I need you to hear me very, very clearly. You know, Rome did that. It didn't work out so well. But really, as we go and as we share the gospel, we need to be firm. And we, as we give the gospel out, we need to realize that people who do not obey the command for salvation of the gospel, they will die. They will die in their sins, and they will be forever separated from the Lord. And that is part of why we have to go. Is because we have to realize that the command that we are giving has life and death consequences. We've chosen life. But for others who disobey the command, they choose death. Some of the things that with Joshua and Jesus, they, they, share, the, they share the same name, right? Um, it's, it's the exact same name. They, um, uh, they uh, Joshua united the tribes, those who are on the other side of the Jordan, with those who are going into the promised land, they were united under Joshua. You know, Jesus comes along and he unites the Jews and the Gentiles into one new man, right? Um, Joshua spent time in the presence of the Lord. Is there anybody who spent more time in the presence of the Lord than Jesus? Right? <laughs> well, yeah, I... Um, you know, uh, Jesus fights. Let me just. Um, uh, see, uh, it was a, like a two time. You know, Joshua inherited from Moses. Jesus spanned two time periods, right? Remember, he he came under the old covenant, but then he initiated the new. Um, Joshua at the same time did a very similar thing prophetically. You know, he, he's symbolizing the, the new. Um, he went with Moses onto the mountain. Jesus goes onto the mountain and, and received, you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount. That, is, that, is, that goes right along with Moses, right? Um, sometimes God's presence. He fought Israel's enemies. Was, um, he's called the servant of the Lord like Moses. And ultimately... Jesus is called the servant of the Lord. Remember in Isaiah? It says the servant of the Lord. Talking about Jesus. Now, remember, if all this hasn't shown you that this is right where we are and that this is for us to go into the promised land, right? You've got to go. The Lord will be with you. Obey his commands. That salvation is a command and those who don't obey um, we'll spend eternity separated from God. Flip over to Matthew 28. I want you to see this. Matthew is before John, Ryan.
Matthew 28, verse 19. Go, therefore. Wait, is that what we just said? Everywhere you go and put your feet, I've given it to Go. Make disciples of all the nations. Everywhere you go, that's what I'm giving to you. Baptizing Did Were they going through the Jordan? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to... What did I just say? Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am what? With you always. Even until the end of the age. You think Joshua's not for us? God put this there just for us to look back on. He put it there so that we would say, all right, the time is now for us to take hold of the promised land. What do we do? We go with God. It says that he'll be with us. We got to go with him as well. Let's do the Great Commission. Let's, let's realize everywhere we go, he's given it to us. We go. We, we give them the gospel. By the way, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Not only do they cross the Jordan, but that's giving them the gospel, right? Discipling them. Realizing that he's with us. Teaching them to do everything that he's commanded. And we'll receive our inheritance. Let me pray. And then um, we're going to take communion together. Okay? Lord, I thank you. Lord, we thank you for your presence. And Lord, I ask that you would send your presence to us right now. Oh God, it's... More important than anything is to just be in your presence. Lord, let us be a people that we we keep a short list with you. Let us be a people that practices the presence of the Lord, that that, that we would give up anything and everything in order to just spend time with you, to just be in your presence, to just be... Be shaped by you. Lord, let it be. Do we give it all up to be with you? To realize that is our goal. Everything else will fall into place if we just spend time in your presence. We'll be changed. The world will be changed. Everything will be different if we just spend time with you. We'll be able to go out in power and we'll be able to teach and we'll be able to do everything, those things that you want us to do in your power to do it. But Lord, pray that you'll help us to spend time with you. Let us be a people that we just love to be in your presence. And Lord, I ask that you would come. Lord, I've seen you come many times in many places. 
Lord, I ask that you would come. Touch each person here. Let it be that this be, let this be a place that you don't just fill us, which I ask that you would do that, but you even fill this, this building. Let it be like the Great Awakening where people see flames of fire on top of the building because, because your presence is so strong. Not because the building's burning, Lord, but we have your presence. Let it be that people come and are drawn because of you. You say yes. I say yes to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Could get get ready with um with communion. And here's what um as as you're as we're taking communion this morning, I want this to be a an act of faith. You know, I, going to ORU, they, a lot of times they would say, you know, I want you, it's an, kind of an, an object of faith type thing that they would, you know, say, you know, you, know, you, might, you might have seen peop, uh, preachers on TV say, reach your hand out to the screen as an, as an act of faith, right? As we take communion this morning, let this be an act of our faith that we are touching the presence of God. Because even if though it's a, a symbol of his body and his blood, the Holy Spirit can be right there in that symbol, and we can. He wants us to take him in. He wants us to take him into us. And so, go ahead, Dave. If you go ahead and distribute. Um, Tim, I guess I'll let you do that. <laughs> I thought better of it, sorry. <laughs> but let's um we'll pray over we'll pray over the elements here in just a moment. But when you when you get those, if you would just get into a, an attitude of prayer. And ask the Lord, if you would, when you, when you receive it. You know, I, I said, I, I mentioned, you know, to have a short list with God. See if there's anything that you need to confess and get right in your heart. Thank you. If there's anything you need to get right in your heart, if there's anyone that you need to forgive. Let's just take a moment and... Uh, Make sure our hearts are right and ready. Okay?
Lord, we ask that as we come before you today, that you would cleanse us. If there's any sin in our hearts, if there's anything that we have done that has offended you, offended your spirit, that anything that we've done wrong, Lord, we ask that you would forgive. Forgive us, O oh Lord. Lord, if there's anyone that, that we need to forgive, Sometimes it's sometimes it's uh, somebody's done something wrong. Some sometimes it's uh, something they haven't done. Lord, we we forgive those. As people that have been in our lives that that have hurt us in any way, Lord, we forgive them. We release them to you. Lord, I ask it right now that you would let this be the act, the object of our faith this morning, that we get to touch you, that we get to be in your presence, that we get to take your presence into us, that by faith that we receive from your body and your blood. And that we get to be changed in your presence. I ask that for each person today that whatever they need, that they'll get it from you today. Because you've got a big table and everything that we need is on it. Message you, every person here would receive from you what they need. In Jesus' name. And I know these are kind of tricky little packets, so everybody can make noise all at the same time. In fact, I can't figure out how to get to the wafer. There we go. All right. On the night the Lord was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you take this, take it in remembrance of me. We take and eat. Then the same night, the Lord took the cup. He said, this is my blood which is shed for you, the blood of the new covenant. As often as you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. They take and drink.
Hey Joe, can we do Amazing Grace one more time? Let me, um, let me just pray a closing prayer. And um, if, if you want to stay seated or stand, and let's, uh, let's just give the Lord one more worship with this song. Lord, I thank you for each person here today. I ask that you would go with them. Lord, wherever it is that we're going this week, whether that's just back home or to the store, to, ju- to, the w- to work, to meet with people, just down the street, Lord, I ask that you would go with each person. Be there with them for protection. Then nothing from the evil one would be able to come near them, whether that is sickness or accident or injury or, or um, uh, uh, someone to come and to, to steal or, or, or kill or destroy. Go with them to protect them from every aspect of evil. Go with them to be their provision. We know that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. Be each person's provision this week. Whatever they need, I ask that you would provide. Whether that's a job or or money or love, relationship, um, someone just to say, hey, I appreciate you. Well done. Lord, whatever is needed, I ask that you would provide for each person here this week. Lord, I ask that you would be our more than enough. And then we would all get a double dose of your presence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let it be. Amen. Yeah.